Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Nay, Mordred says yay, verily. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Do listen to this show. Find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we have some word snappers business to attend to. There were word snappers words last week. There were. They were. <laughs> they were Maximum Max Model submitted by our patron, Raz. And I fully thought you were setting yourself up to do it and that I fucked it up. No. So then after I thought I fucked it up, I was like, oh, no, I have to repair what I've done. <laughs> no. Oh, my God, dude. What's so funny about that? Because to do that, we went on a, a little fun tangent about, like, prefixes on superhero names if you didn't listen to last week's episode um that's how it came up but the thing is i made that note on my own watching the episode i was like i'm gonna bring up the superhero prefix thing and i'm going to in advance of recording like think of what a cool prefix for myself would be but then i forgot to do that after (laughs) i made that note so i brought it up amazing and then was like oh crap i didn't think of this and now my brain is frozen and i can't think of anything and then you were like Oh, but that actually is our our word snappers words are a prefix and a comic book <laughs> character's name. I did realize about midway through, like after bringing up that topic before you did, that I was like, oh, this will be a great segue to doing it. But you caught on probably at the same time that I did that we could do it. I think so, so because I, I was just with you and then I was like, oh, no, I interrupted him. And I think I interrupted him going for a word snapper swing (laughs) so it's like fuck me (laughs) nope well what a beautiful beautiful thing that was and what a beautiful set of words those were so if you would like to get in on the word snappers game you can join our patreon at literally any level and you will be able to make us say any short phrase or weird combination of words you would like uh once a month yes you can yes you can this week's episode of spider-man and his amazing friends there's some cool things about it that I want to get right into, but one of them I think is really funny because it's about us specifically. And I don't know if this has even occurred to you, Doug. So funny okay. story. There will be an after dark commentary on our on our Patreon that comes out this month. It might already be out by the time this episode drops. If not, it'll come out like the day after or something like that. 
It's on the Dungeons and Dragons TV oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this episode is basically just an episode of the Dungeons and Dragons TV show, both in concept, in the references and parodies of Dungeons and Dragons, in the animation, because it's animated by the same people who animate the Dungeons and Dragons show, Ooh. so it looks like it. Like, <laughs> there's so many connections. So I will probably write in the Patreon post that, like, because we're, we're, we just watched an episode of Amazing Friends, it's basically Dungeons and Dragons. That was totally unintentional. I, I don't think we'd even planned no. that we were going to be doing this episode like around the time, or it didn't even occur to us because nope. we recorded that episode a while ago. So I total think before we even knew we were going to get to this episode, we had recorded that. Yeah, like we didn't even know how far along Amazing Friends we were going to be doing during like this batch. So total coincidence, but it works out beautifully because this is around the time that episode was going to drop on the Patreon anyway. And it's a really it's a really cool one. I think it's worth plugging up here too because this one is actually one that is going to be free to everybody because we had a couple of special guests on it, which are our friends who we play Dungeons and Dragons with. So it's a really fun one. Uh, so check it, check that out on our Patreon. And if you like it, then subscribe at the $5 level and get all of our After Dark commentaries, yeah. including our new movie commentaries that we're also doing at $5. Yeah. Level, so. Lots of cool stuff going on. Heck yeah. yeah. The other cool thing about this episode, kind of lightly mentioned it, is that this is this is the Knights and Demons episode of Amazing Friends. We'll get into the episode information in a second. But this is one that, like, looks really different. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it looks like just anime. It just looks like straight up anime. That's because it was animated not in-house at Marvel Studios, <laughs> but uh, by Toei Doga in Japan. As a studio, I don't I, I don't have any information for, like, why they did this particular episode. It was just outsourced. Maybe it was, like, a budget or time thing or something. They did also animate an episode of the 81 Spider-Man show called The Capture of Captain America, which we have not yet covered. Uh, then they would go on to animate the three-episode second season of Amazing Friends. And they also animated the Pride of the X-Men pilot, which we also did a... After Dark commentary on at the beginning of the year. So you can listen to that on our Patreon as well. That is wild because I remember really, really loving the style and animation of Pride of the X-Men. This episode most of the time looks really bad in my are opinion. You, I, oh, <laughs> there are moments, dis- I think. Hard disagree with you, dude. I love those There are moments looks. where this episode looks incredible, but... Those moments where it looks incredible only serve to make other moments of the episode look really bad. Really? I <laughs> I love watching this. There are moments where this is animated at such a far lower quality than what we have covered. I fully 100% disagree with you. Bro. Did we watch the same episode? Bro. There's so many like little details. There are in, some in scenes move, where in... nothing is moving but mouths. Nothing. I mean, that's <laughs> anime for you. Like it feels like an anime, not... but that's anime can also be bad. <laughs> right, but I mean it's like kind of part and parcel with it. Like it's like limited movement and stuff, but then when there is movement, it's like super fluid and full of a lot of little detail, lots of like little fingers moving at the same time. I'm just thinking of when Mordred is like over his Called yeah. and like all of his fingers are moving like it all looks that right stuff no looks that's really what i'm good. saying like some moment but for a show that is generally like pretty consistent and when it's doing a like good animation or bad animation or whatever than that like this this episode has high highs but then also has low lows i think largely because um it stands against the other episodes you know what i mean where it, it like the other episodes might not hit the same highs but <laughs> I, 
they really think the lows in this episode are pretty bad. <laughs> wow. I don't know, man. I'm not, and I, I, I think mm. you're appreciating the style of it, but I think some of the animation is not good. I really like the style of it. I, th- I don't know. I thought the animation I, style was really and animation good. are not the same thing. <laughs> I know, but I think that the animation. I think there was a lot of really great animation and movement in it. Too. I agree. There was some. I'm saying. I think that there, there was are... a lot. <laughs> I think that there was more than more good than there was bad. I didn't really feel like. Okay, wow. There are some. I'm. I'm uh, there are some low lows. <laughs> I am currently tendering my resignation right now. I feel like you think I'm not acknowledging the high highs. I'm acknowledging the high highs. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, I just, I think that there was a lot more high highs than your, I, I felt like there was a lot more high highs than you ever got it for. I thought it was, <laughs> I didn't think it was that inconsistent to be honest. So, wow. Yeah. Anyway. Let us know. Cause this is, it's, it's rare that we have very different perceptions of something. <laughs> So this is my last day on the podcast. Um, we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> Over this episode? Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to get to final thoughts. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Because, wow. <laughs> I was looking forward to this, but now I don't know if I am. I'm looking forward to it more than I was before. <laughs> For this very reason. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, if you want to watch this episode and decide for yourselves, it's available on Disney Plus, so you can watch it there. (laughs) The episode we're talking about is Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Season 1, Episode 11, entitled Knights and Demons. The synopsis for IMDb is Spider-Man, Iceman, and Firestar team with the Black Knight to stop the evil sorcerer Mordred, or it spells spells it Modred in IMDb? In this show, it is... Modred, but the Mo- character oh. is typically Mordred. Oh my god, I was getting that it's wrong just, the entire. Yeah, no, it's just doing even... a weird thing that the show has. I think the show has done that before too. Yeah, they definitely have. Or Sp- Spider Woman has definitely done it, where it's like definitely a name that has existed in some context somewhere, but they like change a letter. <laughs> That's so funny because I had the subs on and was even reading it as Mordred and hearing them say Mordred the entire time. But I believe you. Yeah, it's very strange. Well. The evil sorcerer Modred. I'm going to just call him Mordred anyway. That's stupid. It's stopping the evil sorcerer Modred Mordred from escaping to the Land of Shades with the Black Knight's ebony blade in hand. That's it. Original air date, <laughs> November 21st, 1984. <laughs> uh, or not 1984. That's where you got 1984 wrong. That is where I, I got 1984. That's where it is. Yep. Last week, last week he said 1984. If you didn't listen last week, he said 1984. That's my fault because I had it in the notes <laughs> as 1984. It's 1981. Also written by Donald F. Glutt, who has written a bunch of the episodes. We talked about him on our episode nine. All of the folks that are our new characters are also folks we've talked about. So the Black Knight and Modred are voiced by people that we actually just talked about last week. So Black Knight was voiced by Vic Perrin um, and Modred was voiced by John Stevenson. I mean, fair. It's not yeah. that different of an episode from last week's episode right. in yeah. that regard. <laughs> so not a, not a ton of folks to talk about here. We can just dive right into this uh, episode that we have identical feelings about. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love that I'm delighting in this and you're dreading this. <laughs> I don't like being in the position where I have to defend something that I liked. You don't have I to. Like I would think you just would. I mean, I would, but I hate being in the position to do it. I'm not going to, like, 
come for this episode's jugular or anything. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode opens in the Land of Shades, where Modred the Evil is cursing the Black Knight for banishing him there and finalizing a plan to use his recently unearthed demon, Darkon, to exact revenge and invade Earth. He gets a lot out in his very first like sentence of the show. So to recap, he's stuck somewhere. Black Knight put him there, and he wants to revive a demon to uh, to basically get revenge on on Black Knight. It's pretty typical stuff. Sure. <laughs> um, he uses a viewing cauldron, I think, is what he's using. He's like spying on the earth, and mm-hmm. what he sees is two knights engaging in battle. What? She's like, it seems nothing has changed yeah. from my time. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that it's exactly the same. But those knights are actually Peter Parker and Flash Thompson at a Middle Ages fair. <laughs> I love that they call it a Middle Ages fair. I've never heard anyone say that before. Uh, but I knew exactly what they meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Peter and Flash are in like full suits of armor and they are dueling. And Flash Thompson defeats Peter in basically what is LARPing, I guess, uh, but just with super cool armor. I got to say, like, <laughs> I'm not like full on suits of armor, but Flash basically beats him by playing dirty. He like flashes his shield in Peter's eyes. He makes him trip over a rock. Uh, and as a result of this, Angelica and Bobby, who are watching along, are like, don't mess with our friend. So Angelica welds Flash's helmet shut. Uh, what the fuck? That's messed up. That's <laughs> Actually, terrible. both of these things are messed up. Yeah. Because like basically welding that helmet while it's on flash, that's that's horrific. Yep. <laughs> and then Bobby just like cools down Flash's armor so much that like ice grows on it, which is also horrific. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's so funny too is Maybe both of them, but definitely Bobby, like, looks around before using his powers to make sure that no one sees. But then when they cut to him using his powers, there's a whole audience of people staring at Flash being shot with ice and then stumbling around with it. So, like, everyone knows what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) It's totally that thing that just happens in shows where, like, as long as the person was established as a bully, you can literally do anything to them. And everyone's like, fuck you, guy. You know, like, it's like the Balkan skull thing, like yeah. early on, where it's like, oh, the heroes are just laughing at Balkan skull because they tripped. <laughs> You're yeah. supposed to laugh with them. It's like, who who are the real bullies here? <laughs> like, Flash was just, you know, like LARPing. Like, they were playing knights. They were fighting, and he was fighting him. Yeah. Like, I don't think that he was being that particularly, like, vicious with Peter the way it looked. Like, I don't know. Flash Thompson, like, original little sweaty gamer. <laughs> well this this results in flash sort of panicking understandably and just running into a tree and i guess maybe like knocking himself out i don't really know he just runs into a tree and falls over and everybody has a laugh (laughs) yeah because you know flash just everyone is mean to flash flash is the flash is the real bullied person (laughs) flash in this show has never even been all that mean i don't think he's only appeared a couple times and like he's just intense (laughs) yeah he's like annoying i get that but like he's not mean he's just just obnoxious and kind of dumb like too bad okay like that's that's i don't think that's that's worthy of physical assault like come on (laughs) yep (laughs) anyway shortly after that at esu peter angelica and bobby watch as a large artifact uh aka that statue they just dug up is being lifted onto the roof for display. Weird, when you see the statue, 
weird choice to like display on your college. It's like, it would be cool if I went to a college and had a giant, like a giant menacing looking gargoyle on the roof of like whatever their science building or whatever. Mm -hmm. Weird choice. I don't (laughs) think that that's a normal choice to make. (laughs) It's funny too, because they make it very clear that it's like being unveiled there. So it's like not even being unveiled in like a contained exhibit. It's just literally like, let's put it on the roof where everyone can see it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But yeah, so a storm just suddenly arrives like out of nowhere as the statue is kind of being lifted onto the roof. And then the crate is struck by lightning. Um, The spider friends are like, this looks really bad, whatever is happening. So just in case, since no one's around, let's go ahead and transform they give Bobby and um, I almost called her Felicia because Firestar, I guess, starts with an F. <laughs> Angel- they give Bobby and Angelica new henshin sequences that they Ooh use in this la episode. La. It's pretty cool. Um, so they transform. Peter just runs to a nearby tent and changes to Spider-Man. I love that joke. It's not old for me yet. <laughs> no, I don't think it ever will be. It's always fun. <laughs> But now that they're 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 superheroed out, they uh, prevent the statue from crashing to the ground. As they kind of work to lift it to the roof, uh, Madrid looks on from his other dimension and believing that the three are magical because they are like using superpowers and he doesn't know what superheroes are. So he thinks that they're magical and he adds enslaving the spider friends to his vengeful to do list. Yeah. Why not? Why not get some magical, magical servants (laughs) while you're at it? Yeah. So inside ESU, Angelica reads about the Black Knight, about Modred and Merlin the Magician. Uh, Basically the history of it, a crash course for people who aren't familiar. I'm not that familiar. Like, I'm aware of the Black Knight. I am aware that Merlin is a character in in Marvel, uh, as he is in many, many things. But I I don't know much about these characters. So it's nice to get a little crash course. And the crash course sort of continues with an exhibit featuring the ebony blade, uh, which is the Black Knight's sword. And there's an inscription on the hill, and it says, When Modred's Darkon stalks the land, the Black Knight's blade in evil's way will stand. I really like that. <laughs> I like that it's not exactly the same number of uh, syllables for some reason. It like I, There's a really great flow to that. Really like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just then, lightning strikes again, and a painting of the Black Knight falls over. And the ebony blade begins to glow. So some magic shit's going on. Weird shit's and happening. Yeah, yeah. Is that the route? Maybe it wasn't earlier in the scene. At one point, I like the line where they talk about the land of shades and Bobby's like, the land of shades? Is that where they make sunglasses? <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny. somewhere in here because I, like, uh, I feel like that's something that Angelica was probably reading aloud. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, that this thing, one thing that I do like about when shows like this do – do like magical sorcerer stuff is that like they just kind of establish like in the reality of the show that like oh yeah all like the king arthur mythology is just like real history like Mm -hmm. that's just a real thing that happened like i remember gargoyles did that a lot where like they would be really smart about it where like some things would be myths that they're surprised about that existed but then in other episodes it would just be like oh yeah these are these are historical artifacts which are the scrolls of merlin like it just these just exist in the world and that completely eliminates any confusion about why you know wizards and stuff would have been forgotten in history they weren't they were just a real thing in the past that doesn't exist anymore that's 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 your explanation and then that lets you do all kinds of fun shit with magic (laughs) i like it Anyway, anyway, speaking of the Land of Shades, where they make sunglasses, uh, Madrid recites the inscription, and the Black Knight is summoned. 
but not with his ebony blade because we know where that actually is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We know where it is. This also like at first it sort of, I don't know why it didn't like click for me at first, but I was like, wait, that's, that's Modred's voice. And then obviously the subtitles confirm that that is his voice. So I was like, why is he summoning the guy? But then I thought back, I was like, oh, that's right. He literally said like, he's going to get the guy he wants revenge on to do the thing for him. (laughs) So like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess he's got to do that at some point. Right. He's got to get the black knight here. (laughs) (laughs) but i guess i wasn't i didn't realize that like that inscription would like summon him i don't know if that's like a i don't know if that's like a thing in the comics or like if if like i I, I just don't know like i know there's been multiple versions of of the black knight and i think they're all different and i feel like the first one is much more uh of the sort of like uh medieval magic-y type stuff than the other ones um so i wouldn't be surprised like i don't know i have no idea if he's like you could just call upon him or something i don't know I do not know either. I don't know Black Knight in mythology or in Marvel. So <laughs> yeah, I love no the I love the idea though of a villain sort of like taking advantage of that if that is something that can be done, right? Like, why couldn't a bad guy summon a good guy the same way everybody else does? It would be like yeah, that is a cool twist, right? Yeah, it's I yeah, mean I it's, like it's essentially like somebody getting a hold of Jimmy Olsen's watch and just calling Superman to them to fight you know like (laughs) yeah well especially because the rules of the magic stuff are always like they can't control it it's just like i just go where i've been summoned i just teleport there Mm -hmm. like there's no restriction on who's allowed to do it yeah it is kind of interesting like why don't more bad guys just do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think it would be cool (laughs) i like this (laughs) well back at the parker residence uh aunt may calls the trio down for dinner but peter doesn't hear her because he's plugged his ears <laughs> in order to focus on a book that he's reading about medieval mythology and magic. Bobby shrugs off the stuff that Peter is reading about and talking about as baloney, which coincidentally is for dinner. <laughs> so they joke about baloney being for dinner. Baloney this, and beans. Is, are baloney and beans. Dinner. That's right. Very this appetizing. is the scene, by the way, that I'm I'm specifically thinking about when I say like, the lows are pretty low. Like this is, this is a scene that is like very, I understand what you're saying about like frame rate and anime style and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it stands out as being like incredibly slow and choppy. (laughs) I thought so to give you a specific example, like to not just like call out the whole episode, this is what I, this is an example of what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I didn't really notice it in this in this scene because nothing is really happening like anyway, but I think that's <laughs> fair. There is there is one point towards the end that I was like, I don't like this. I don't like how this was done, which I'll point out oh, later. Oh, interesting. Okay. But, and, and it sounds like for this, for kind of similar to how this one was done where it's just like really slowly paced. Yeah. And I guess it feels weird to make that criticism, I think, only because the regular animation on this show is also generally very weirdly slowly paced in weird places. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like- it's like, oh, it just, you know, brought it up. It brought it low to the regular bar the show is on, which is not always very, which is not very <laughs> high to begin with. So I guess that's maybe why it didn't really bother me that much. Like it didn't feel like a low, low. Cause it's like, oh, really good animation. And then like the regular bad animation that the show often has yeah. <laughs> on its, on its, on its worst days. It's dedicating resources in the right place, which we talk about all the time and I've praised plenty before. So you yeah, know, I yeah. can, I can recognize that. <laughs> So we get this really bizarre, only because it's so out of context moment, <laughs> where we jump to the city where J. Jonah Jameson is just like walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. And he sees the Black Knight fly overhead and just dismisses it as another super clown. And then we never see J. Jonah Jameson again. It is a J. Jonah Jameson cameo. 
basically. Yeah, it's exactly, yeah, because so, he's never been in this show. There's no. no room for him in it. Yeah, it's fun. It was such a fun little surprise. Yeah, so that night at ESU, Peter, Bobby, and Angelica are looking at the newly installed statue, the very creepy one. Can I <laughs> – I thought before before everything made sense, I thought it was like wrapped up still. Like I thought that they hadn't unveiled it yet because it's yeah. it's it's sort of like you mentioned like gargoyles. It's sort of like a gargoyle or it looks yeah, sort of like a gargoyle yeah. in the state that it's in, but it's like wrapped up like a gargoyle. Um, with its own wing. So I was like, oh, they haven't even unveiled it yet. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, JK. It's just like yeah. what it looks like. It's like more like a gargoyle than I realized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's cre- it's still weird that it's there. It's just, it's so funny. It's just like, here's our prize, <laughs> prize statue that we, prize expensive artifact that we flew in for our school to pridely. I mean, maybe the ESU mascot is like the gargoyles or something like that, maybe. I guess that would be cool. Still funny. What is the ESU mascot? I don't know what it is, actually. Why don't we know what it is? I feel like we should know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know what Midtown is. I just don't know what ESU is. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Someone's screaming at us right now at home. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's in, in the game and they, because there's, you know, you go to ESU. Yeah, what's you go on to the ESU, shirt? Well, the shirt doesn't have a mascot on it. It just oh. says ESU, doesn't it? But I, I But I wonder if there are like some references or images in the game that just don't remember because you hmm. go to ESU a lot in that game so yeah there's got to be something yeah I'm sure it exists in the canon but who knows like if it's different across the uh across like adaptations too yeah yeah I don't know I do also love that this gargoyle I mean you point out how creepy it is or the statue I should say it's not really a gargoyle like we like once we further understand it it's not it's less of a gargoyle than i thought but anyway that's not the point i'm making i also love that this statue is kind of like that that typical like here's a cool artifact that's obviously evil (laughs) Uh (laughs) but none of us are going to call into question that like this is sort of sort of uh making all of us uncomfortable (laughs) yep (laughs) i love when that happens in a show where it's like that's obviously no one touch that please don't anyone touch that (laughs) don't look at it Clearly dark magic involved here, <laughs> exactly. y'all. Come on. It's clearly <laughs> infused with evil, evil shit. <laughs> it's like they probably bought it at a discount, too, because it's cursed and everyone who's touched it has died already or something. It's a Goosebumps story. Goosebumps loves doing that shit. <laughs> I love this puppet. It's definitely not evil. I got it. It's such a bargain. It's nothing bad about it. There can be nothing bad about it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who's selling it was practically giving it away. <laughs> Nothing suspicious here. <laughs> anyway, Peter shares that this this very creepy, obviously evil statue was allegedly, allegedly created by Modred <laughs> and said to come alive during a full moon. But, you know, that's that's not going to happen because this thing, it might look evil and be obviously evil and full of dark magic, but that's not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Angelica's I do love like, that Peter basically like studied this and reported back. <laughs> I love that yeah. detail. <laughs> it's a good detail, yeah, because why not? I mean, if, if they've established that this is all in the history books, yeah. then they can easily look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Angelica's like, speaking of a full moon, it's a full moon like literally right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> and turns out this cursed evil-looking statue that ESU bought at a bargain is actually evil and comes Shocking. to life in a full moon. Shocking. Yeah. So it's this really ugly-looking dragon. I don't like the design of this thing. It's this really ugly-looking dark dragon-type thing and unleashes a fiery roar. I don't cool. like the dragon, but I am impressed with 
the choice to design it the way that they did because I feel like it couldn't have been that easy to deal with. Like they could have they could have chosen a much easier route with something that like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this is one of the things that is more detailed than I would have expected or that other Amazing Friends episodes probably wouldn't bother to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. The monstrous stuff is pretty monstrous in this episode. It, it really is. Yeah. It just has yeah. ugly proportions. Yeah, they know that's that's kind of what the problem with this one is. Like the actual like individual pieces of this dragon thing aren't bad, but yeah, the proportions are really bizarre in a way that's just kind of unflattering looking. Yeah. Yeah. And how dare they make a dragon we don't want to fuck, amazing friends? How dare you? I can't believe you're the one who said that and not me. <laughs> it needed weird... to be said. <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, you were reading my mind, to be fair. I was just, you know, I figured it was implied. But thank you for uh, for establishing that outright to everyone yes. who maybe didn't read between the lines. Canonizing the fact that if you present us with a dragon, we must want to have sexual relations with it. Okay. What? Okay. That sounded really weird. That that <laughs> sounds worse than just saying. Well, now you I don't like it. <laughs> that sounds worse than saying I want to fuck the dragon daddy. <laughs> I didn't want to repeat exactly what I had just said. <laughs> <laughs> then I would have to say it a third time. <laughs> this is our worst episode. Uh, this is a great <laughs> episode. I'm having a great time. What are you talking about? Get out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> the ugly dragon's alive now. The spider friends, again, are there's nobody around. So it's like, well, we can just suit up right here. And they do. Um, the statue begins to speak with Modred's voice. And then it attacks Flash in search of the ebony blade. Because he's still he's still in his night outfit, isn't he? Like, that's the reason. Oh, yeah. Gets, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, we, there was even a scene that um, where he's like, it's this really goofy scene where he's like talking to this <laughs> this girl. And he's like, in medieval times, women walked behind men. And then she rightfully like walks away from him. <laughs> That's worth a physical assault to like that. That one is worth getting his helmet fused yep. shut. I think. Yep. But yeah, it's funny because the girl because the girl's like, oh sure, and is falling for a second, and another guy passes by, and she just like they just like make eye contact. She's like, all right, this is this guy's mine now. And she just yeah. switches men and hangs out with him. Instead. That guy's maybe not an asshole, and if he is, <laughs> I know that Flash is. <laughs> but it's wild to me because this is. Not the same day, right? This is the next night, isn't? Isn't this the next night? Because they've they had dinner no, in the last the, scene. I think it's the same night. It's just weird that they left ESU and then went back to ESU. But I think it's all supposed to be the same day. It's just like Flash has been hanging out in that knight's armor for a long time. Maybe bed. Angelica welded more of it than we realize. <laughs> he really just can't take it off now. <laughs> like, but he's a knight forever now. <laughs> he wouldn't. He thinks he's hot shit in that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, but the reason that I brought that up is because Flash is in his knight's armor, so that means that Modred thinks that Flash is a knight. So he's like, all right, this dude knows where the ebony blade is, right? So the dragon attacks Flash in search of the ebony blade. Well, the spider friends do attack. Um, it's it's funny because they, like, they suit up, and then we see it attack Flash, and then they step in. Um, but their initial attacks don't really work. So Iceman's ice is very easily melted because it's a dragon. Firestar's fireballs don't seem to affect it because it's a dragon. <laughs> and then this, they could have just made it like a dragon is too much for Spider-Man on his own. But instead, they decide to do cool shit. <laughs> yeah. Because Spider-Man attacks it, and Modred like, basically is like, you're annoying, get away from me. And makes spider-man wrestle his own shadow which is cool <laughs> like it's basically yeah. him wrestling 
with a black suit Spidey, but just without any eyes. <laughs> it's really cool. Just, I like it. Yeah, I thought it was really, really cool. <laughs> I thought it was a really cool moment. Yeah. And the way that he defeats it is kind of fun, too, because, like, there's mm-hmm. a nearby, like, um, like street light. Um, and so he's like, well, if there's nothing to cast a shadow, then the shadow can't exist. So he, like, puts out the street light, which, you know, shrouds everything in shadow. So there's no distinguishing between his shadow and everything. I just thought that was – I thought that was clever. Yeah. I think it was really clever. I liked yeah. it a lot, that whole sequence, because none of that needed to happen, but it all looked really cool. Oh, yeah. That was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Then inside the ESU building, Flash <laughs> attempts to steal the Ebony Blade to give it to Darkon in hopes that he can stop Darkon's attacks. Uh, before he can grab it, the Black Knight's like, hey, I'm here now. This is mine. And yeah, this is the real Ebony Blade. And Flash is like, okay. <laughs> Why does the scene feel like it's out of a movie? Like, it fe- I, can, I can feel like I can picture exactly how the scene would be shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, hand reaches in, Flash is just like, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Music yeah. swells, you know? Yeah, this is like your, yeah, and then, and then like the Black Knight, who is played by, you know, a very famous actor, steps in. Of course. Like, oh, shit, he's here. <laughs> Gonna get real now. Yep. Oh, yep. my God. I completely forgot. What? <laughs> the, line, <laughs> the line in the episode that's so stupid. When Darkon is attacking Flash and asking him, like, where's the Ebony Blade? And Flash says, I don't know. I don't even shave yet. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's such an unnecessary, like, <laughs> detail to include, but it's so funny. It's such a self-own. He's, like, 18 or 19. And, like, <laughs> But, like, the funny thing about it is, like, he's the one making a value judgment on that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, no one's making fun of him for that. He offers it up as a reason why he's not worth attacking. Like, it's so funny. And it also... Oh. It, no, I think he's I think he's bringing it up because they're asking about an ebony blade and then he's thinking like razor blade. So I don't even so it's like I don't even have I don't even use oh, a blade big enough to shave. I thought right he was now. just being like a wimp. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even get the joke then. I just thought he was like I thought he was just being like sort of cowardly in the moment of like, oh, no, no, I'm, not, I'm nobody. I don't even shave yet. I'm just like a, I'm a sweet boy. I think it works um, both ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. It, there is a funny joke there that I clearly just did not pick up on. Um, but I also love the detail because like, even if that is, even if that's the joke, it's still a thing he's saying and it still contributes to the fact that like Flash isn't really a bad guy. He's just sort of a doofus. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Okay. Didn't even pick up on that. That's great. (laughs) Well, outside, even together, the spider friends aren't able to land an attack at all against Darkon. So that sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a bit where, where Spidey, speaking of, of wanting to fuck dragons, there's a bit where Spidey, like, jumps on him and makes a joke like, hey, beautiful, let's go steady. So Spider-Man <laughs> wants to fuck dragons, too. See, just it's saying. all right there. It's just in the text. We're just bringing it out of the text. Yeah, it's not a weird it's not a weird kink thing. It's just, like, what's in this show. That's the only reason yeah. it's being brought up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so they're, they're, they're kind of failing at attacking this. Uh, but luckily, the Black Knight arrives to confront Darkon, and they begin to battle throughout the whole city. So uh, when the spider friends <laughs> attempt to help, they catch up with him, and the Black Knight's like, no, oh, no, they're demons! And they're like, what? Demons? Where? Oh, us, because we're like s- super-powered people. You think we're demons? We're not demons. We're, we're all friends here. We'll help. And uh, in his surprise, like, because he's shocked by being surrounded by demons, he's distracted. So that allows Darkon to swoop in and grab the ebony blade. And then it immediately gets taken through a portal to the land of shades. So 
Spider Friends just just screwed all of this up just, <laughs> just by being there. I don't know. I feel like the Black Knight uses magical items and knows Merlin and therefore should not be uh, all that surprised by the Spider Friends. That's true. He is a little <laughs> – it's like weird how – like that he's distracted enough to – let the most precious thing that he came to another like dimension to get <laughs> stolen yeah. from him. Yeah. Come on, buddy. <laughs> oh, speaking of another joke that I like from this one, um, Iceman is pretty taken aback by Black Knight showing up on his like winged horse, you know, the Pegasus thing. Yeah. And Iceman's like, oh, don't tell me that the horse with wings can really fly. Like, this can't be really real. And Spider-Man just says, look. And then, and then Iceman, I love the delivery. He's just like, I asked you not to tell me that. But, like, it's so, like, it almost feels ad-libbed because, like, it's not yeah. even, like, you don't even, it's like, you don't even see him say it. Like, it's when they've cut to something else. You hear the kind of the voiceover. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how much ad-libbing they were doing. It probably isn't. But it's delivered well enough that I was like, did Frank Welker, Welker just throw that in? I would <laughs> love really for that funny. to be the case. Yeah, you know? it's good. <laughs> I also love that this is the second episode in a row where somebody calls into question just, like, fantastical things. Like, you have ice powers and fire powers, and, like, you've seen shit. <laughs> yeah. Of course the horse flies. <laughs> it's, like, it's one of those things where I, I do wonder sometimes if, like, if you live in a, in a universe like this, like, in a Marvel or especially DC universe where there is, like, oh, yeah, gods exist and magic exists and hell exists, all – every myth that you've ever believed is real, like – I do wonder if maybe re- like just regular people just have to kind of compartmentalize that and just be like, I'm just going to choose to believe that that's not real because otherwise we'll all go insane. Like it could be a case like that where it's like we have to question every time magical stuff comes up because otherwise how can we trust reality ever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I-, I think that makes sense. Uh, I think that makes sense in a lot of contexts. I think that especially makes sense in universes where they – are really careful about those things, right? Like if you think of the MCU with WandaVision, it's like at a certain point you almost have to not believe that Wanda can do the things she can do because other than you have to confront the reality that reality doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's like people who don't like thinking about the universe. You know what I mean? Like the universe yeah. exists. It is what it is. But plenty of people yeah. I know are like, I don't want to think about it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll, I'll have a crisis. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's I yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that until just now, but I think that that's probably a good way to explain it cuz I think it would be kind of like that in real life probably yeah. if stuff like that happened. People there has are... to be a limit somewhere, and the limit is flying horses, okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Iceman almost got married to a frost giant a week ago, but a, a horse with wings, man, too much, too much. Exactly. <laughs> I'd also like to add around around this scene when they're flying through the city. One of the there's a billboard for sorcery and serpents, yeah. a new game, uh, which is obviously a D you know, and D reference or parody. <laughs> what I hate is on the billboard, new game is in quotation marks incorrectly. It says new game in quotation marks, serpents, uh, uh, sorcery and serpents, <laughs> which is infuriating. It's questionably a, a new game. It's maybe a new game. People are claiming that. We don't really believe it. <laughs> Maybe it's like a new edition of it. So they were like, is it technically a new game if it's just a new edition of a previous game? I don't it's know. A, it's a remake on Switch. It's a new <laughs> game, everyone. <laughs> it's not the Wii U game. It's the Switch game. It's new. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> we haven't had a good a good billboard in a while, so uh, mm-hmm. happy happy to get some billboard action here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, blaming the spider friends, the Black Knight actually moves to attack them, but he's pretty immediately convinced that they're not that bad uh, and agrees to let them help. Sort of begrudgingly, though, because Angelica's involved and he's (laughs) from medieval times, like actually. So he's like, women suck. And she's like, fuck you, man. Uh, that's actual dialogue. Uh, go ahead and watch uh, it. <laughs> yeah. What do you like? I'm, what's your take on how they handled that considering it's 1981? Because it's hammered in. Th- it's not. This is that's not the first time that's brought yeah. up. There's like multiple times early on when Bobby and Angelica are sort of like friend friendly arguing about it. Like you know, she's like, I would be a princess, and he's like, No, you wouldn't be respected. You'd be a cleaning wench. And like women didn't get respect in medieval times. Like at the time, they they. They have said in like old interviews, you know, we brought up in the first episode of Amazing Friends that they were like, we're going to have a cool feminist spin on this yeah. show by bringing in Firestar and feminist icon Miss Lion. So like they were obviously I mean, thinking about it. And I, I, I but I, 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 it's hard to tell, like, at what point for 1981 when it feels too ham fisted and when it's like, actually, I mean, the fact that they're addressing it at all is like worth something. I don't really know where yeah. I land on how this episode handles I, that. I think, you know, I, I actually meant to look this up, but I am uh, lazy, so I didn't. But I wanted <laughs> to see like where this would sort of fit in with certain waves of feminism and how they affected like entertainment specifically. Uh, but I didn't do that. Um, and I do wonder, I was wondering sort of a similar thing, not even because of this episode, but because of, um, gosh, there was another episode I feel like we just recently watched where this came up where Angelica was basically saying, like, no, women can do things. You know what I mean? And I was thinking, like, this is so interesting. Mm. It was in Spider-Woman, I think, is is when it came. I mean, it came up, comes up a bunch in Spider-Woman. It comes up a I lot think. in Spider-Woman. But I feel like we just watched an Amazing Friends episode as well, hmm. where we didn't necessarily talk about it. But for some reason, Angelica was compelled to clarify that just because she was a woman didn't mean that she couldn't do things or couldn't be something. I don't remember what it was though. So maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm thinking of a a much older episode, but anyway, for some reason I was thinking about it and I would love to know because it feels like what's important to them is being able to directly say those things more so than it is having any sort of like nuanced take on it. Right. Like spider woman gets more nuanced than this. And that surprises me (laughs) because of some of the nuance uh, in spider woman. This feels very much like it's like we got to make sure that there's no confusion. And I don't know if that is just a result of like where feminism in entertainment was. Right. I also, you know, like most of these episodes, not all of them, but most of them have been primarily written by by men. But there are significant episodes written by women as well. And I'm sure that there is a writer's room. So, like, I'm really fascinated to know, like, what did that look like? Like there were feminist men in 1981, certainly. But like. I just want to know how they made decisions like that or like how the dialogue came to be. Maybe it wasn't a thing. Maybe it's just whoever was writing the dialogue. Just they knew that Angelica was supposed to be this powerful woman and that was their perception of a powerful woman. Like, I don't know, but I've been thinking about it too. None of that answers your question. Um, I feel okay about it because it feels old, which isn't necessarily great qualitative like analysis of it, but Mm -hmm. it feels like something that I would not be surprised felt significant in 1981. Yeah. Well, cause it's, it's that brand of feminism that, you know, doesn't hold up now because there's a lot, 
more conversations, obviously around like intersectionality and like what, <laughs> what, uh, you know, what is there to do once you've recognized that women are people too, what, like there's more to do than just say that, you know, but like, it feels like it's coming from that particular brand. I would think it's, I want to say this is like in the midst of second wave feminism. That would be I my think, guess just based I on when this is happening. <laughs> yeah. I think this is second wave feminism. And I think a lot of that was like, yeah, women can have the same jobs that men can have. Like women can just generally be equal in society. And like, that's kind of, that wasn't where it stopped. I think in like feminist theory, but I think in the perception of it, yeah. like in the conversations and where it moved in, in media perception, that's kind of where it stopped where it's just like, but you're a woman, you can't do it. Yes, I can, even though I'm a woman. And that's pretty much where the conversation ends. And that's where it is in this episode. I do think it's interesting how often it's brought up and that Firestar is just sort of like, like there's the there's the bit where he's like there's this is no quest for a woman and she's just like I'll ignore that <laughs> and then, then yeah. it's like because it's sort of like it it is at the point where it's like you should know that women can do this like this isn't this shouldn't be this shouldn't be news to you and you're stupid if you think that it's news to you and anyone who treats women badly like Flash is like treated like a complete doofus so I think it's like it's interesting from that perspective because it's more it's less like. I think that's that's what I think is sort of interesting about it. I'm I'm only realizing it now while talking about it that it's like it's not it's not like trying to teach kids that like women can do it too. Firestar's perspective is like you should already fucking know this idiot. Like yeah, obviously I can do this. <laughs> yeah. And anyone who thinks I can't do this is stupid and I'm going to call you out on being stupid <laughs> and make fun of you for it. Like even the bits later on when she's like forced into being the damsel, she's still like, I hate that I'm in this position because I shouldn't be because everyone should know that women are cool too. So like I and I think that's 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 sort of interesting to see the show taking that route because it is a little bit different from just doing the whole like women are great hear me roar and then stopping there you know i guess i it, i i don't know if it's that i don't know i i I'll have to think i'll have to sort of reflect on that more because it doesn't feel that different to me especially because yeah firestar is like embarrassed that she's stuck in prison but like the show still puts her in prison to be saved by her two male counterparts who she is definitively more powerful than you know so like yeah um but that's more of a, a bigger statement than like that, that's more like the conversation of like why feminism evolved, right? <laughs> More so than just like where this is at. I think that that's that that's how you how you can tell where it's at because they still put her in that damsel position. Yeah. Like it's like you can have her as a as a as a mouthpiece for all of these views, but you're still not necessarily really acting on those views yeah. particularly. Like you're still yeah. playing into the same problems that existed before then that Firestar if she was watching the show would be like well that's bullshit like why did you lock her in a fucking cage full of ice and then not let her be able to fly like you know yeah so yeah Yeah, I I also think uh it's one thing that this isn't I guess it's not that complicated because it's, it's a regular character who's like pretty fleshed out but like it is interesting to me that in this episode where you do have Flash being a jerk to that that one girl um, and then you do have the Black Knight who is uh, being a jerk to Firestar. You also have Bobby doing it. It's like a little different with Bobby, I guess, because like you sort of could sit there and say, like, well, he's just teasing Angelica. But it also mm-hmm. sort of like it's it's one of those things where it's like, are you are you kind of like sacrificing a little bit of one of your heroes to like uh, have the other one be able to say the thing you want her to say? 
Um, but I, I don't, I don't really know because Bobby, Bobby is Bobby. You know what I mean? Like there's something about him where it's just sort of like, he's like, he makes fun of Peter for dumb shit too. (laughs) Yeah. It makes sense for Bobby. Yeah. If, 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 if it was Peter being like a jackass, then that would be weird. Cause he's, I'm not, I don't know that Peter's like a, a staunch feminist or anything, but I think he's much, probably more of a feminist than Bobby is. And he's at least like more like. He's not a dick about about stuff, you know. Yeah, I would just be interested to see like, like who's who's an analogy like an analogous character to Bobby in something contemporary. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and and would that character be? I guess on a team they could be, and this is a team show. But I was gonna say like I wonder like could you make that character like that consistently without an overall arc where they get better, um, and have them be one of your like main teammates, or would they just be? unlikable you know it's interesting because it reminds me a lot this is not a reference that'll work for you necessarily and it's also not super contemporary because it's still 20 years old but i mean i'm thinking of a a 20 year old example as well (laughs) i'm thinking of of xander from xander from buffy which i Mm -hmm. think is also an interesting example because that's a i mean there's a lot of baggage with joss whedon being basically a fake feminist but it's still technically a feminist text for all intents and purposes and meant to be a feminist show uh, you know regardless of your reading on it but even then it's feminism of 20 years ago and very white feminism so there's a lot of problems with it and one of the things that ages the least in that show i think is the character of xander because he's like the one guy who is hanging out with all the powerful women and is theoretically okay with it but still is like because he's like the guy he makes a lot of these bobby like comments where he's like making fun of girl things and and like slut shaming people and stuff like that yeah. in, you know, in the name of just being the funny one and the comic relief. And the the thing is like, he just looks worse and worse with every passing year to the point that like, regardless of your feelings on Buffy, it's really hard to watch that show and not like dislike Xander or flat out hate him. Even if like he has arcs where he changes and gets better, he's still like, there's no way to wash that taste out of your mouth. Cause he's like, the slut shamey guy friend who's just really mean <laughs> yeah. to the women on the show that was ostensibly feminist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, and, and that's, that's an interesting example because it sounds like some of that just carries throughout the entirety of the series, even when he does have growth moments. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of like other, other things like, like the Power Rangers is examples of this, but they usually let it last for either only the beginning of the series for a few episodes, or it's a very specific episode where you're like meant to know that that character is uncharacteristically being a jerk right now. You know what I mean? And yeah. then it never really comes up again. Um, those are really the only sort of like similar situations I could think of, especially because like Power Rangers is also a kid show. It's also a team show. They're superheroes. Like, sure. That's a better but, comparison probably. No, but, but I, but Buffy sounds like what I was wondering more about, right? Yeah. Where it's a long standing character who maybe doesn't have like a, a tidy sort of like, Oh, I have the episode where I learned that girls aren't, you know, weak, <laughs> you know, yeah. like Connor gets over it in Dino Thunder for the most part. And like mm-hmm. Tori proves herself like two episodes in and the, the guys never bring it up again. And it's just like, you know, not really even a thing. Yeah. Anything that I feel like I've seen now that tries to have like, especially, especially if it tries to have any kind of like a feminist slant to it or or any, any sort of like pro progressive slant to it at all. Like usually all of the lead characters are 
like in the know about social justice and the state of progressive politics, or at least as much as it can be in like a Hollywood TV show, you know? Of course. Like, and, and so if there is a character that is meant to be like the misogynist who grows, that is very, 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 very explicit. And you're meant to not like them at all until they get better. And I think that is a staunch difference from what like we've been talking about where it's like, no, you're supposed to like them from the start in spite of them being like bigoted in certain ways. And that is sort of a weird, a weird line to tread. And I think that it can be done well and it can also be done very badly. And I probably more times than not, it's done badly because it is very hard to not let that character be unlikable or teach the wrong lessons because you do like the character and they're saying shitty stuff, so the kids are like, I can say shitty stuff because the character I like said it. So, well, And that's why I feel like in, in the case of Amazing Friends, it feels like whatever they're trying to do, they feel like they need characters to specifically prompt the conversation to allow Firestar to verbally say things, which requires some character on screen to say something shitty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and it and and I it feels like that's just where they're at, and they prioritize like the opportunities to say those things, um, yeah. as opposed to doing much more than that. But yeah, interesting stuff. I uh, I really should have I really should have because I'm I'm glad you were thinking about it because I was thinking about it as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, ultimately, this episode doesn't have anything very insightful to say about it anyway. Other than no, it's it's Firestar's literally... a woman and also a superhero. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's just like a few characters call into question. Whether women can do stuff or deserve respect, and like yeah. all the and women, everybody's just like, yeah, they can. <laughs> all the women who are subjected to it are just like, nah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah but yeah. notably, notably, neither Peter nor Bobby is like, yeah, <laughs> she's an important part of our team. <laughs> That's a good point. They, they, she just, only they just stands like, up for herself. No one stands they leave up her for high her. High and dry. That's yeah. such a because it's multiple times that it's brought up or that she brings up that stuff. Yeah, they never reinforce it. They never have her back. Not once. <laughs> wow. They wow. only have her such... back when they have to save her. <laughs> what allies? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, guys, be better. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Katie, Mike, Eric, Carl, and Lillian. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. We have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Kraven's Last Hunt. Sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like Peaks Behind the Curtain or how we make certain episodes. And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries, where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more. Ultimately, these are the types of things that we're going to talk about anyway, so recording it and making it available on Patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate that too. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you.
Where are we? I don't even. What, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> I was going to ask about? you that question. <laughs> um, here, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we are. So we talked about Black Knight nearly attacking the Spider Friends, but being very quickly convinced. We talked about the brief interaction where he was like, "You can't come with us because you're just a woman," and she's like, "No, I'm a woman and I'm strong, right?" So he's like, "Okay, fine, we'll see." Um, and then the Black Knight presents this Merlin's medallion and says, "You know, we can we can pursue Darkon, uh, but we need to perform a spell. We got to bring this medallion with us. Oh, and also the only place we can do this spell is at Stonehenge." <laughs> of course, so they go to Stonehenge. Yeah, they just teleport there. Yeah, they just teleport to Stonehenge. Uh, they can only teleport to places on the Earth, I guess. They can't teleport between dimensions, obviously. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and so they go to Stonehenge, and once again, the Black Knight is like, "But you got to stay here, lady." And she's like, "No, I don't. <laughs> I'm coming along." Uh, and so he's like, "Okay, fine." I think she does like. I think this is where she does like. Uh, I'm powerful, and like does a glowy thing, and he's like, "Ooh." Um, yeah. and that's why he's fine with it, I guess. But, um, sure. yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, actually, well, here's, this is funny. Spider-Man had the opportunity to back up Firestar in this moment. He doesn't though. He just says, instead of saying like, she, like she can hold her own. He says, <laughs> he says in response to Black Knight being like, you're a lady, you're weak. Spider-Man is like, yeah, but the medallion should protect us. The thing that is not said is, so it doesn't matter if she's a lady or she's weak. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good point. Oh my good job, God. Spider-Man. Good job. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because obviously what they thought he was saying was like, no, she should come with us. But the way yeah. that it is presented is just so, so oof, you know? Wow, dude, come on. <laughs> anyway, they do teleport to the Land of Shades. They do their interdimensional travel, but it takes a while, and as they are just about to finish leaving Earth and ending up in this new dimension, Modred whips up a wind to knock the medallion from the Black Knight's grip and leaves them unprotected when they do arrive in the Land of Shades. Oh no! Cool. The medallion, like, falls, and Spider-Man doesn't try to use his webbing to get it. Like he just reaches his hand out and it's like the medallion. And I was waiting for him to move his fingers onto his web shooters and shoot webbing to the medallion that had not fallen very far, but he doesn't, he just extends his hand and is just like, Oh no. (laughs) However, will we protect Angelica? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So that sucks. Uh, Yeah. So they're on their way. The planet that, Modred is on in this dark dimension thing looks like a skull which is cool I love love that that whole dimension it looks so cool yeah it's really cool looking I wish I like cared more about the source material but if it's anything like this then maybe I will (laughs) maybe Maybe. I don't know it feels way more cosmic than I would have expected you Mm -hmm. know medieval comics to be Right, right. In fact, they're on planets and shit. That's Mm -hmm. cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah, so Darkon arrives, delivers the Ebony Blade to Modred. Modred appears as a giant head apparition to the spider friends in Black Knight while they're walking to his fortress. (laughs) It's so, this is so, this this sequence is silly. What is this? (laughs) It's so weird because it's so, there's a giant floating head in the sky and Firestar is like, watch this. And she like, flies into it does nothing and it disappears and she's like not bad for a woman right 
you just flew into a floating head that disappeared. You didn't do any. You didn't do anything. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. You know what I do like though? It, 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 it's very evident in the sequence. Um, something that that I know that that Toei does really well because they do it in other shows too is like backlighting like that lighting effect that you see where it's like not animated lighting it just looks like real Mm -hmm. live action lighting i love that effect and they use it in this and it's never like like super important or whatever it's just like a detail but i love whenever it is because it's such an 80s thing like you don't see that in cartoons ever after after like early 80s stuff but it always looks really cool yeah. Just yeah. Anytime you can pull off cool lighting stuff on something that's typically uh like pretty flat, like it's it's like a showstopper, honestly. Yeah. Like like they use it as the kind of the backdrop for the floating head, like it's stupid, but it looks it does look the backdrop of his floating head being the like the live action backlight looks really cool. And I think some of the light when the characters are teleported in a second is some of that backlight too. It it, it looks really cool when it's used and it's used effectively, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, like, it doesn't do anything. I guess she just was, like, hyped up on proving to Black Knight that she deserved to be there, I guess. But she's, like, pretty quickly proven to have not done anything because all four (laughs) of them are just transported away. Like, it didn't do anything, unfortunately. We were rooting for you, Firestar. (laughs) So all four of them end up in different places, right? So the Black Knight is transported to Modred's throne room where the two briefly clash, but ultimately the Black Knight is wrapped up by a giant two-headed snake, um, and Modred then turns that snake into chains, which imprisons the Black Knight, um, and cool. he can't move. No. <laughs> <laughs> Firestar, we've alluded to this already, is transported to a cell where Modred appears to her and offers her an ultimatum, which is a classic ultimatum, join me or remain here imprisoned forever. And Firestar- Join him as, as his obedient wife, of I course. think is an important detail. Of course. <laughs> Um, and of course, Firestar is like, no. And so she tries to use her powers on the door where Modred is standing, uh, but her powers are reversed for some reason. And so she freezes the door and then she's like, that's weird. That's not how my powers are supposed to work. So she tries them again, just like on the wall or the window or something and ends up just like freezing her own cell, which as we've seen before, uh, is not a great environment for her. Uh, and so she sort of like gets cold and, and, uh, loses her powers. Although that is inconsistent because like you pointed out last week, she was in the North Pole and she was pretty okay. <laughs> yeah. Silly. Whatever. It's magic. It's magic ice, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ice Man, meanwhile, is transported outside the fortress. So he's like, all right, well, I'm going to ice surf towards it. Uh, but flames erupt from the ground and prevent him from doing so because it melts his ice and he falls to the ground where three beautiful women approach him, which would probably, you know, excite him if he were a straight man, but he's not. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, they begin to caress him. Uh, but as he tries to talk with them, um, you know, not doing anything touchy feely because he's not actually attracted to them. He just wants to gossip with them. Then they transform into monsters, like tentacly. Uh-huh. Uh, claw clad monsters very grotesque monsters very grotesque monsters and start wrestling him to the ground yeah they just smother him (laughs) (laughs) and then this is so funny to me spider-man is transported to a dark forest somewhere where skeletons are riding dinosaurs and wielding weapons to attack him hell yeah love it love those skeletons (laughs) the skeletons are cool they look cool so funny Skeletons riding dinosaurs, baby. Mm-hmm. 
As uh, Modrin attempts to open the dimensional portal to allow his demon army to attack Earth, each hero overcomes and or is freed from their specific trial as follows. Iceman expands himself by covering himself in snow. That is a thing that he can do, I guess. Good for you. He just turns into a, he literally turns into a giant snowball and rolls away. That's, that's yep. it. <laughs> they like lose their grip on him so he can just roll off into the sunset. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Spider-Man, who's fighting these skeletons, managed to uh, steal one of their weapons. And it's like a, like a kind of a jousting sword, but it shoots beams or balls of light out of it. Cool. Okay. Uh, it's funny because he's like, how does this gadget work? And it's like, it's a magical sword. I don't think it's like, I, I, I guess know. it's Pointed. arguably a gadget. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's a science but, guy. Sure. He's looking science for a button just, or a circuit. <laughs> magic is just advanced science. So Yeah, it's just uh, science we don't understand yet. Thanks, Thor. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he shoots the weapons off uh, uh, with their own, or he shoots the skeletons off with their own weapons and webs up their dinosaur mounts. Yeah. Well, the two now free, Iceman and Spider-Man, work together to free Firestar from her prison tower, um, and they help her down as she recovers from the icy cell because she says, I can't fly yet, but then also points out that Iceman can't make fun of her for the fact that she can't fly. So it's, like, weird because, again, they're giving her a moment to be, like, you know, like, to, like, quote, stand up to a guy who's going to make fun of her for being damsel but then also they still made her a damsel in distress in a literal tower. <laughs> yeah. And, and Iceman still laughs at her after she says, of course, Don't laugh at me. Anyway, of course. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, then the three of them together infiltrate the throne room and Firestar frees the black Knight from his chains, much to the Knight's surprise because thus far he has believed that she can't do anything. So he's like, Oh man, maybe I should rethink this whole women thing. <laughs> <laughs> Times have changed. Girl power. Yep. Yep. I think actually, you know what? It's funny we haven't said girl power. I do feel like a lot of what they do in a lot of these episodes is that sort of like rah rah yeah. girl power thing, which yeah. um, you and I both listen to the Bechtel cast. They talk about girl power versus feminism a lot. Um, yeah. And I think this falls definitely into the girl power category where it's like slogans and saying things and sound bites. Yeah. But it doesn't as mean. As opposed to anything. actually like doing the work to portray something differently or have a nuanced look at the, s- the structure. Because like when you examine it, it's like. Of course, women are capable of doing things. So, like, why are yeah. we still not there yet? Oh, that's right, because you're still putting her in a tower, you know? <laughs> yeah, and well, and it's and it's weird because like, I I get I get what they're doing and that they wanted to sort of make it like a reference to like an old school fairy tale type of thing because they're doing all these plays on 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 like traditional medieval storytelling and stuff. So it's like the girls in the tower and has to be a damsel in distress. Yeah, but I feel like if they were really going for that as like a subversion where like like times have changed girl power, then like it would have been Spider-Man in the tower and Firestar rescues him. Like it's simple and it also isn't really saying anything, but at least it's like, it is trying to, it is, it is like sort of symbolically establishing how times have changed and that men can be the damsels in distress and women can be the heroes. Yeah. Again, I feel like the obvious choice would have to have this been a Firestar episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Right. And I think, you know, and again, like it, in, in 2021, like that is bull. If the show did that, it would be like bullshit. But for 1981, <laughs> it would be like thick. I, for 1981, it's at least like a subversion that at the time is still pretty novel, you know, like yeah. if they were trying to really 
really do what they were saying that they were doing rather than just Firestar being like, I know I'm a damsel, but also girl power. Like, yeah. you can't have it both ways, guys. Yeah. So like, what? Sure sucks Pick to be a, a damsel. Here I am being a damsel saying it sucks to be a damsel. Yeah. So outside of the fortress, Modred mounts Darkon and begins to lead his demon army toward the portal to Earth. Firestar, though, intervenes and basically creates, like, a firestorm that stops all of the demons in their tracks. Like, she just creates, like, fiery chaos, and they're like, what's happening? And so while, you know, with them stopped, uh, this gives an opportunity for the Black Knight and Spider-Man and actually Firestar and Iceman to, like, follow Modred and Darkon through the portal and not have that huge army of goblin demon things follow them. So instead of the whole army going, it's just them pursuing the bad guy. So back at Stonehenge, Modred defends himself against the attacks from the Black Knight, Firestar, and Iceman, while Spider-Man is, like, looking for Merlin's medallion because they dropped it right at Stonehenge, um, and he didn't catch it with his webbing. So (laughs) I'm glad that he's the one who's looking for it because he's the one who fucked up. I'm so glad you thought about that because I didn't even cross my mind that, like, yeah, in any other property, he would have just used his web. I don't know why. why. Didn't even try. They could have had him do it, and he just misses. Like, that's also possible. He didn't even try. Didn't even try. But luckily he does find it. This is the sequence that I I don't particularly like, I think, because it's the end of the episode. And it's like, so this sort of the climactic end of it, I feel like the sequence where Spider-Man finds the medallion, tosses it to Iceman, Iceman tosses it to Firestar, Firestar throws it to Black Knight. Like, that could have been done really, that's a part where I think it could have been animated in a really cool way. But it goes by really slowly and I think actually kind of slows down the final climax because it ends up not being any kind of fight scene or anything. It is just they just casually throw it to the next person and they hold it for a few seconds and then they casually throw it slowly to the next person and they hold it for a few seconds and then they casually throw it to the next person and they hold it for a few (laughs) seconds. And it's like that could have been that's a that's a point where I think they could have used some of their resources in it. That's that's what reminded me of like the the Aunt May bedroom stuff earlier where it's like there's just not a lot of movement for what in this case should be a really important scene i think yeah that's a good example and it's one of those things where it's like you know we we praise them for like putting their resources in the right places you know who cares about the bedroom scene ultimately like you could you could pick it apart but like yeah this is one where it's like this is action so like where were your like we saw what you were able to do in the other dimension you were able to do like really incredible stuff so like put some of that here yeah and like i mean again it feels like a pretty typical episode of Amazing Friends in that because a lot of their fight sequences like this go by really slowly sometimes. But it's just like, well, I've seen you do better animation in this episode. So just do that animation here at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. So I do think a lot of I think there's a lot of like relative stuff going on when it comes to like my feelings on this one, because like I do feel like this episode is like pretty similar in certain ways to the one that we just watched, Um, although different in a lot of ways as well. I also feel like there's the there's the sort of new animation thing where like the highs are really high, so then the lows to me stood out, even though they might relatively be similar to other episodes or whatever the case may be. Um, mm-hmm. And then the fact that it's like it's the second episode in a row where we're getting like guest stars that I don't really care that much about. I care more about <laughs> Thor and Loki than I do about Black Knight and and Modred or whatever or yeah. Mordred, yeah. you know, if we're going with source material. So there's probably a lot of that going on, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think the – I think I, – I do like the animation a lot, but I don't think – I think the episode is just very basic. Like, I enjoyed watching it, but because I liked looking at it because of how different it looked from everything else, and when it was really fluid, it was so beautiful looking, I think, 
But like, yeah, the plot is kind of the same plot as the last episode. And uh, I mean, it's just like, oh, evil guy from other dimension. What thing? Spider friends go into evil dimension and some weird things, but not that weird of things happen. And that's it. Yeah. Like there's not anything more to it. So <laughs> I don't care about. Yeah, I don't care about the plot of this episode. at all. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> So they do now have Merlin's medallion's power, uh, and Black Knight is able to use it to banish Mordred. <laughs> now I called him Mordred, uh, which is right. That's right. Why didn't they do that? I don't understand. Whatever. Uh, banish Mordred once again, and Darkon reverts back into a statue and just sort of like falls to the ground, I think. <laughs> and and shatter, he shatters. Oh, there you go. He's, yeah, he's, he's in pieces. No more. <laughs> yeah. Try to revive him. It will just be chunks of meat on the ground. Ew. <laughs> Uh well, Modred transports. I wonder what he tastes like, though. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, there, I'm certain there are books that address that, but I imagine dragon does not taste good. I don't know. I don't know. Fry I don't know some... why that's what I'm imagining. That's just like my gut reaction. Charred dragon. Get him on some, some like barbecue dragon. Can you imagine the know. process you'd have to go through to actually char a dragon, though? <laughs> I guess it Maybe depends smoked, on the dragon. Smoked dragon, <laughs> smoked dragon, and it'll be kind of like ham, and you have like ham biscuits. So let's make some. Let's make biscuits and have some. Smoked Why would a dragon, dragon be like biscuits. ham? Because <laughs> you're smoking it. Oh, okay. And, and it probably actually no. You know what? Because it's a it would dragon. Be like gator, if anything, right? Like if you've had it, gator, you mm. probably could be like imagining what dragon is like. Yeah, a gator just tastes like chicken to me. I'm not a huge fan of gator. I've never had I gator. Dis- I was disappointed when I had it. might have been the place that I got it, too. I actually got it from a food truck, so maybe like a restaurant-quality gator. When I had <laughs> it, I was just like, this just tastes like deep-fried chicken, and I'm unimpressed. But I'm thinking because dragons literally have like fire breath and stuff. Granted, this Darkon's like an ugly interdimensional evil dragon. I don't know what kind of breath he has. But if you think of like a traditional dragon, it might have like a natural smokiness to the meat without even smoking it. Because they're full of fire all the time and breathe fire all the time. That's why I'm thinking ham. I feel like they're full of fire, which would make them very resistant to being burned or charred or smoked. So that's why I'm saying don't char. I I take back what I said about charring it. I think it smoked flavoring and then you just like cook it the best you can to get like bacteria (laughs) out. Maybe, you know, like beef where you leave some pink in or something like that. So it's just like high heat very quickly. Um, or, I don't know, for a long time because it's a dragon because they're resistant. But it's going to have Can a natural smoky... Can you do that with smoky... lizards? I don't even know. Or reptiles, I should say. I don't know. But they're also magic, so they're different. I don't know. They're going to have... I'm <laughs> just thinking different. it'll have a they're natural... They're not like other reptiles. <laughs> they're not like other reptiles. I'm just thinking it'll have a natural smokiness to it. That's why okay. I was thinking ham, like smoked ham. But... I, uh, I don't know why. I, I can't even articulate why I think they would not taste good. Uh, so I got nothing. <laughs> I just like uh, I like smoked meats. I mean, yeah. they probably wouldn't yeah. because yeah, there are more reptile, and I don't think and I think reptile meat just isn't very good most of the time. So valid. <laughs> maybe it's a fat dragon. You'll maybe like it'll the fat will render and make it. I don't know. I don't know what the fu- what am I talking about? You can Let's believe that dragons will have a delicious smoky taste. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't. <laughs> I don't understand how we went from wanting to fuck dragons to wanting to eat dragons. I guess you they're literally sort of... said I wonder what it would taste like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess, but I guess, and I guess those two things are sort of, uh, there's some crossover there, you could argue. Depending on what corners of the internet you frequent, there is definitely crossover there. Right, exactly. exactly. Just the other day, trending on Twitter. (laughs) 
anyway. I don't know what you're referring to at all. Oh, okay. You'll have to tell me that after the fact. Yeah, there was a trend I mean, on Twitter that uh, opened a lot of people's eyes to things they weren't ready for. I was anyway. just thinking, like, Vor, <laughs> is this like an Army Hammer situation? Anyway, no, what let's... you were thinking is exactly what was trending on Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's not opening my eyes to anything. Not all your right. eyes. A lot of people's eyes, though. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I guess that's kind of a niche thing. Yeah, I don't think that's a very mainstream <laughs> thing no, people true. are thinking about on a regular I forget, basis. I forget how very online I am sometimes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, regular normal people who aren't fucking insane actually you know, <laughs> don't know what this is. And you, that's probably better for their mental health, to be honest. You said earlier this was our worst episode. I definitely disagree with that. I do think this is the worst episode to start with. If you are starting our show, this would be one of the worst to start with. Because <laughs> I think it has gone in so many directions that would normally be like after dark episode directions. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this is just your advertisement for after dark. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got Pretty an episode much. to finish. We got like two more paragraphs. Uh, not even, actually. So, Okay. Modred is transported back to the Land of Shades. The demons, who Modred promised freedom, are pissed. Because they're like, you promised us we wouldn't be stuck here anymore, and we're stuck here. So get him, boys! And then we just see them sort of overwhelm him as he cries out. So they leave that to your imagination. Um, The Black Knight and his steed, who apparently is named Aragorn. Did he call it that at any point in this episode prior to this moment? I don't think so. (laughs) So the horse is Aragorn. Um, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that that must have, well, I guess this is after Lord of the Rings, so it still could be a Lord of the Rings reference, but I doubt it is. So is Aragorn like a significant name outside of Lord of the Rings? I don't know. It would be a weird Lord of the Rings reference. Cause like why that character for naming your horse? Yeah. Things? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. It must mean something. Um, but the black knight and his steed Aragorn bid the spider friends farewell and they just disappear. They just, they go away. Uh, the trouble's gone. So see you later. Um, and presumably takes the ebony blade with him. So the ebony blade is just like no longer allowed to be in that exhibit, which is probably correct. Uh, most museum exhibits probably shouldn't exist, but you know, (laughs) interesting detail. It was there before and now it's not. Some, Um, some museum worker and curator is going to be in a lot of trouble tomorrow probably, but big time, big time, big time. (laughs) Uh, the episode ends back at the Parker residence where Peter, Angelica and Bobby are overheard talking about dragons and magic uh, and all sorts of uh, fun, fantastical things. And Aunt May pops into the room to see what they're doing, and they're playing the new game, Sorcery and Serpents, which kind of just looks like a standard board game, which kind of a bummer. I wish they were just playing D&D. <laughs> I think they are supposed to. And they, I mean, that's obviously just, the reference. Yeah, they just, nobody, I think at the time, even today, if if writers who haven't played D&D themselves are trying to, like, show people playing D&D they just usually have them playing Yahtzee basically like where's the lie it's a tabletop RPG so they roll dice okay here's your regular six sided dice and a board that they move uh, move their little tokens on that's what D&D is right that's exactly what D&D is I can vouch (laughs) (laughs) well Angelica says that the game is the closest they ever want to get to the real thing Uh, and Aunt May is like the real thing what did you call that earlier, Bobby? Oh, that's right. The real thing is phony baloney. <laughs> and uh, they all chuckle and fade out to oh. black. 
then Bob, but then Bobby's like, oh no, sorry, Blackie. Like he calls out to the sky, like, oh, sorry, yeah. Blackie. And Aunt May's like, what are you talking That's about? right. Cause he doubted earlier and now he knows. And so calling yeah. it phony baloney. Oops. My bad. Black Knight. We all learned a very <laughs> valuable lesson that some magic is real. Yeah. Some magic is real. Mm-hmm. And some of it's bad. Some of it's good. <laughs> But none of it is feminist. And women can do things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except free themselves from prison. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm going to get in trouble for my caption for this face of the episode. <laughs> oh, when I saw this, I was like, oh, God. That's why I brought brought it up at the beginning of the episode. Because I was so, like, this is going to have to be a conversation. So I, I, grabbed, uh, I grabbed Bobby's face as he is being attacked by the monster's tentacles because there's a lot of detail in it, um, incredible detail in it. And what I wrote for my note was, this episode is full of off-model and crudely animated faces, specifically. Jesus. Because it is. Nope. <laughs> yes, it is. There are many moments where it looks model. like spider- good. There are many moments where it looks like somebody- took Spider-Man's mask and just like tugged on it and and he was left with whatever face was there. <laughs> but it looks cool when it's like moving. That's mean I'm I don't mind I'm not off saying model. there aren't incredible moments of animation. <laughs> I'm just saying there are moments where stuff is off model. <laughs> I wouldn't say very crudely animated either. I would say they're often more detailed than has ever been shown in this show. Those things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> There are many moments that are way more detailed in this episode, and there are some moments that are not pleasant to look at (laughs) animation-wise. Those two things can both exist, but in any case, this moment was one of the the moments, of which there are plenty, um, where they really focus in on an incredibly detailed, unnecessarily detailed, but in the way that I very much love um, and we call out in other shows, too, where it's like, whoa, that's a lot of detail in this moment where they zoom in on his face. His face is really detailed, really sharp, really clean. Um, the tentacles not only are really detailed, but all have very distinct textures to them. Um, really, really incredible, incredible frame. And and the animation accompanies it, too. It's not just the frame. Mm-hmm. The one that I grabbed, I just like Mordred's face when he's about to get eaten by the uh, by the screaming demons. Who are like, <laughs> you promised us freedom. Even demons dream. <laughs> it's such a weird line. It's a valuable line. <laughs> yeah, I'm also pretty sure those demons were voiced by uh, by Aunt May's voice actor. Is that? Uh, I think it's June Foray. Oh, it sounded like it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, which is so funny to be like, hey, can you play a demon screaming <laughs> at this guy before you just like murder him right now? Yeah. But I like his face because I think it is it is a it is a good, good, well-drawn face in, in the style that they have. Mm-hmm. But there's still some weirdness to it. Like, I don't know what's happening with his teeth. <laughs> I don't either, but frame. I love it. <laughs> I also love the lighting on, on his face. There's like a yeah. distinct lighting on his face. There's a shadow that his hood is casting over the top portion of his face. And it's not just like a straight line or even even like a like a, an easy line like they very specifically make him look uh gaunt and uh sort of like bony and wrinkly through that lighting yeah yeah looks very good. very cool very cool i like it i like it well i obviously hated this episode and it was the worst thing i've ever watched full-on trash clearly um <laughs> no i thought this episode was fine um i when it comes to like the plot and stuff, I think like you said, like I just, I just, I don't think I cared that much about like the guest stars on this one. Sure. Um, but I think there's a lot of really fun stuff that the episode does. 
Uh, probably more fun stuff that this episode does than even last week's episode, even though I like the guest stars of last week's episode more. So I would yeah. give it more points in that that realm, especially because this new and like this different animation studio really takes advantage of some of those moments and makes makes those cool moments. Um, mm-hmm. So it might actually eke out the other one because I I wasn't like super enthralled by either this or last week's uh, plots. So yeah. I think what this one does well probably makes it uh, more interesting to me. Yeah, I like this one a lot more than last episode. Actually, I don't really. I think you're right. I think last week you're like it's forgettable, and like ask me about it in a week and I'll forget about it. I I've probably already forgotten about it, and we recorded that episode like an hour ago. So like I, I don't. I think this, this episode, one won't be forgettable. That's for sure. <laughs> no, well, I mean, even outside of our conversation about it, I think it does have an, enough interesting visuals, whether you like them or not. I think that because it's such a distinct looking one. Uh, for better or worse, I think it has a lot of really distinct, like weird, memorable images in it um, that stand out among this show. And I do think that even though I don't really like the plot or it's not even that I don't like it, I just don't care about the plot very much. Yeah. I think it was very clear that they were like, let's do a D&D episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Like that's very explicit. And so because of that you get so much more of like your standard trappings of like a medieval wizard versus knight sort of story, which I think is a little more fun than the Thor versus Loki stuff in the last episode because they have sort of a specific concept in mind. Obviously not all of it works out great, particularly like all the, all the feminism stuff that they're trying to, that we've hammered in pretty, pretty heavily, but I think it's, it's a fun one. And I'll still remember it because I enjoyed looking at the visuals of it overall. So yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, for more stuff to enjoy of all sorts of things, you can uh, check us out on Patreon.com where we have more stuff in addition to our main feed. Um, so stuff outside of just talking about the cartoon. Sometimes we get into comics. Sometimes we do commentaries like we mentioned earlier. <laughs> you got a little bit of taste of that tone here in this episode for some reason. <laughs> we were just wiling out, I guess. But, um, but yeah, you can check that out on Patreon.com slash WallopingWebSnappers. See if there's a tier there for you. Um, you get a lot of content for just $1 a month, and that stuff all uh, goes right to us, the creators of the show, so that we can keep doing cool stuff. So uh, check that out. If you would like more from me and Derek individually, you can find us all over the place. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you're working on? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance which looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-U-Y. You can find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. And I'm on a podcast called Novel Gaming. If you like books and games, you should check out that podcast uh, where we talk about books and games. My friends Katie and Vicky and I catch up on all of the media we've been consuming. If you like what Derek and I are doing here, we've got another podcast called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon. It's a monthly podcast where we watch every Pixar film chronologically, and our episode on Up is out now wherever you get your podcast. So you get an extra monthly dose of Derek and Doug through Falling with Style. Uh, you can find everything the two of us are working on together on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com, where there's a full archive of all of our podcast episodes organized by series. You can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod, or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please, as always, rate, review, and subscribe to Walloping Web Snappers on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, wherever you can, um, because those ratings and reviews make us more 
more visible to people who are searching for stuff like what we're doing. And if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too. So help help them find us. We want them to find us. And next week, Iceman and Captain America get tangled in a conspiracy in Pawns of the Kingpin. That sounds wonderful. It really does. <laughs> See you then. See ya. <laughs>